On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Nate Irvin, which if you are on Twitter or on TikTok, you have probably come across his TikTok videos um, and what he does in trying to highlight the profession and some of the things that go around it, uh, not only just major issues and different things, but some of the lighter side of the athletic training profession specifically as it applies to the collegiate athletic type setting. Um while we do talk about TikTok, um, that comes at the end of the episode. Uh, another thing we really focus on is family when it comes to being an AT. And this comes from Nate, who is in his early 30s, um, but still fairly new to the profession. And we talk about that a little bit, but really just kind of some unique insight on how he balances his time and schedules his time, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and something that I hadn't looked at before, uh, specifically for me, um, just not knowing if it would be feasible outside of our current condition. So a lot of really good insight there. I think it's going to be really beneficial. Um, as always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. I know there's some big things coming with them, some great insights that are going to be happening from a lot of athletic trainers. So looking forward to that. Please don't hesitate to reach out to them, tag them in ideas, whatever it may be. They're going to connect with you. They want to listen. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Nate Irvin, and if you are on TikTok, you have probably come across him at some point. Um, I've seen, not because I'm on TikTok, because uh, I would never post one, uh, but through Twitter, uh, have seen many things and then interacting in a few different ways, um, connecting on the D3 Athletics, which is its own unique uh, beast that we're both involved in, but uh, on this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, family and being an athletic trainer, especially in the collegiate setting. Uh, for both of us being in D3, uh, Nate has a lot more experience in it. And by that, I mean about, oh, what do we do? About 16, 17 months more experience of it. Um, I really don't have any experience with it yet because everything's been canceled with uh, the coming of my little one. But just talk about um, how he's balanced that, how it's feasible, what it looks like, you know, things are going into the future and whatnot. But uh, before uh, we go any further and I keep talking, I want to turn it over to Nate to just give a little background about, a, you know, how you got to where you are and why this topic is so important to you. Thanks, Joel, for having me on. I certainly do appreciate it. So a little bit of background on me. Um, I got my Bachelor's of um, Science in Kinesiology at BYU-Idaho, and went on to get my master's at University of Idaho. Um, I ended up, originally I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and most people ask me, well, how'd you end up in Idaho? Uh, I got out there because BYU-Idaho um, was a good option for me at the time. Um, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so that's an affiliated school with that church. Um, and then... BYU-Idaho has a articulation with University of Idaho for the master's in athletic training, which is how I ended up out there. 
But after graduation, I moved back to Ohio to Cincinnati. Um, and then I applied for jobs um, starting probably in May of 2017. And I couldn't really find anything until October of 2017, where I got hired on with Mercy Health um, here in Springfield, Ohio. Um, so I'm a clinical outreach athletic trainer uh, through Mercy Health, where I work at Wittenberg University um, for most of my hours during the school year. And then during um, the summer, I help um, run some different coverages um, through Mercy Health. Um, like Joel said, I have a 20-month-old 20, 20 at home um, and being a so I want to say I have much more experience than you, Joel, um, being a new father and all, but the topic of being an athletic trainer and a family actually coincidentally came up in a TikTok. Um, yeah. Someone posted on my friend's um, Victoria Morris's account, can, can you have a family as an athletic trainer? And she was like, well, I don't have a family, but these people do, and she tagged me. So that's kind of where the idea of athletic training and having a family came came from was some person on TikTok posted the question and here we are. Fair enough. Amazing how that comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, before we get into all that, um, be, just for a little bit more background setting for me as I'm asking questions. So didn't realize you were outreach, which is a kind of a unique thing. That's some, something that's very different from the two of us. Um, could you just give, you know, currently what your staff setup is at your current job and just talking off recording, you know, you talked about covering multiple teams, what that looks like for you, just to lay a little bit more of a framework of what you're dealing with um, and what I used to say, so would potentially be dealing with um, in regards to that. Right. So uh, I'll give you both locations. Um, so Mercy Health, um, there's one, two, there's seven of us, I believe. Okay. Um, majority of them are at the high school level here in Springfield and the okay. surrounding area. Um, one's at a community college and one's in the office. And one is actually our strength and conditioning coach here at Wittenberg University. Okay. As far as Wittenberg University goes, um, there's four other um, staff who are actually employed through the university themselves. Gotcha. Um, so during the school year, um, I'm at Wittenberg full time. I do all my hours at Wittenberg University. Um, I cover men's soccer, women's basketball, baseball, and men and women's tennis. Um, yeah. But during the summer, because I'm a employee through the hospital, I have um, contract hours I still have to, I'm a block, obligated to, right? And so during the summer, we run um, a ACL prevention program for the local high schools, um, which is conditioning and weightlifting and helping the high school students get stronger so they prevent ACL injuries to the best of our ability, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah ACL is just hot. Like, you can do all the prevention you want, but sometimes they just, ACLs, their athletes tear their ACLs. Yep, yep, I'm with uh, you. 
but we also cover a pretty big um, wrestling camp here in Springfield. If you've heard of Jeff Jordan, uh, state champ wrestling camp. Okay. Um, we cover that during the summer and that's, it's a fairly big um, camp that's run here in Urbana, Ohio, which is just north of us. Um, he has athletes come in from all over the United States um, for this camp. And then I also help cover uh, a summer league baseball um, team here in Springfield during the summer. It's a wood bat league and we're contracted to provide coverage for them for their home games. Gotcha. So during the summer, I'm a little bit of work for, through Mercy Health. It's a tag team effort where we all cover everything um, to get our hours in. Now in your time during the school year at Wittenberg, you have a cap on your hours because you're employed through the hospital system. Uh, I know that, that based on that reaction, no, um, no, not really. Maybe supposed to, but don't necessarily. Right. Yeah. I. So I have to do. Um, I have to do forty hours. They never told me I can't go over forty hours. Gotcha. Um. And it's one of those things of like, I don't want to be so strict and like capping my 40 hours, like 40 hours. And once I get that, because for the D3 level, you can get that in three, four days, right? Like sure. during a normal year, you can get that real quickly, right? But it's also, you don't like kind of give and take almost, right? Like, you don't want to be putting in eight hours a week because then you're not getting paid for those extra 40 hours. Cause I'm salary, right? Yep. Like it's not like I'm an hourly employee. That would be a different story. I would, I would, <laughs> right? Like no, if I got good. paid hourly, like yeah, eight hours would suck, but that's extra. It's an extra paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then some. And then some. So I really try to balance, balance it out. And I'm lucky that, my director here at Wittenberg understands that. And like, okay. she, she doesn't expect me to be here 80 hours a week or 60 hours a week. Like she expects me to get my work done. If I get my work done then I get my work done. Like, and if some weeks I work a little bit longer, then I can take a little bit shorter week. Right. Like, for sure. Like it's all about finding that balance. So that was one of the kind of the topics, um, you know, this work life and I put balance in quotes because I don't know that I fully, you know, in the, in the world of an athletic trainer, especially in, you know, the traditional setting, whether that's, you know, collegiate, you know, or just around athletics, you know, when you talk about secondary school ATs too, like, you know, there's going to be times where no matter how hard you try, like you're not going to be able to get 40 hours a week. Right. Um, but you know there's also times in theory hopefully that you're able to downshift as you had mentioned and kind of go through there and that's one I know I've kind of railed back against um you know with some of our coaches and whatnot is like yeah when your season's done you can just shut it down for a while before you go out and hit the recruiting trail and even then like you can control that as much as you want uh we don't necessarily have that luxury uh with things uh how do you see that? I mean, you talked about a little bit, you know, do you try and get it specifically balanced? And then 
you know, one of the questions I had is how do you try and build in time with your family? Like I saw, I think a post you had about, you know, eating dinner um, at work or, you know, not till you get home at eight or nine o'clock at night, which, yeah, you know, depending on what sport you're with and things like that, those are going to, they're going to be nice that those happen, but hopefully they're kind of, you know, there's space in between them and it's not a every night thing. Right. Yeah. So I don't like the word balance, but like that's to me, like that's the word that best fits because it isn't a true balance, right? Like it's some weeks you're going to be over some weeks you're going to be under, like it's just finding what works for you. And for me, um, I'm lucky that I have a lot of coach. My coaches understand that. And so um, I'm always, I'm always assess, accessible, right? Like even when I'm at home, if something's a, an emergency, like my athletes and patients can work, reach out to me and even coaches can reach out to me. Right. Sure. But it's like, when I'm home, I'm home. Like, cause I need downtime too. And like, I need to not think about athletic training because eventually I can lead to burnout. If you're constantly thinking about athletic training, like all day long, like, you need to find something to take your mind off of that because in that way you can become a better athletic trainer, right? Like, and in my opinion, you can become a better athletic trainer if you're not constantly thinking about it. Like, because in those times where you're doing something else, that might spark some, like an idea for athletic training. Right. That might not have happened if you were not doing that set activity, right? Like, so it's when I'm home, I try to be home and present. Like that's one of the things I've learned, especially since having a kid is like, they, our kids don't care how bad of a day they you've had. Right. Like <laughs> I know for you, it's probably a little harder because she, is it a he or she? She. She. Girl, dad. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm in trouble. I already know it. Me too. I have a daughter at home too. Yeah. But like, there have been times where I come home and she's up. And granted, it's like six o'clock when I get home. But like, I walk in the door and she's like, "Daddy!" And like, throws her hands up and is super excited. And like, that's what makes working these longer hours a little bit easier, right? Like, when I come home and she's excited to see me, and I could have had the shittiest day ever she doesn't care she cares that dad's home now right that's when i'm like so i try to be present when i'm at home does it happen all the time no because an athletic trainer's life goes on at home even when it's non-athletic related right like yep people reach out to you all the time about things and it's just about setting those boundaries and that's one of the things i do every preseason in the fall with my teams is when they have a team meeting, I go to that team meeting and I lay out my expectations. And one of the things is I'm always accessible, but my phone goes on do not disturb at eight o'clock at night. That way, like I can have downtime at home to wind down to go to bed. And, but if it's a true emergency, call me. Like you, to bypass it, you have to call me twice within, uh, I think it's like three minutes or something for the mm -hmm. iPhone. Sure. And it'll go through, right? Like, 
it's a true emergency, call me and I'll be it, like I'm available. But other than that, if it can wait, I may not respond to it right away. Right. And most of my athletes and coaches understand that. Like, because coaches have families too. So. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing. I don't, I don't typically give out my number unless it's a specific instance because most of the time, you know, if, you, if you're calling me because it's an emergency, I'm probably telling you to just go to the hospital anyway. So oh, if you, exactly. Right. Like, so if you think you need to call me for that, just just go. Just and go. Like, yeah. that's been different from when I've worked in a Division One setting to the Division Three. Um, I prefer email for a myriad of reasons now, mainly because I can mark it on red so I can remember that I need to respond to it because I, I will read a text and forget. Um, happens enough of the time, but, you know, it just few and far between while I give out my phone number because, you know, they're important. Yes. But your hamstring pain that came on at eight thirty o'clock at, you know, eight thirty at night, I, I don't, I can, I can see you tomorrow for that. And if I see your email that night, I will respond to you at 5.00 AM or 5.30 when I get up just to kind of be a pain in the butt, but that's right. just my own little revenge tactic. Right. Um, so the so deep thing, is, Oh, go ahead. One thing that a lot of our teams use, which like I, I like is group me. Sure. Like, so that way, if the athletes don't have my number, they can always direct message me on group me. Um, Cause I get those notifications too. And my phone, like I don't give my phone number out necessarily, but my phone number is on my emails. And I send right. out a weekly email to all my athletes. So they know a, like what's on the schedule, my office hours, um, a link to uh, my online scheduler. So like, cause I work by appointment base only, like. Nice. This was before COVID even hit. I was appointment based only because I, one of my clinical rotations, well, two of my clinical rotations, three, were at D1, right? And like D1 athletics, a lot of times it's just they come when they want to, right? Right. And you could have six athletes, six patients wanting treatment at one time, and you're one person. You're like, sure. You came at the wrong time. So yeah. I, I went appointment based right off the bat, um, right when I started. And I did the, the tried and traditional of getting a calendar and having the kids come in and sign up for a time. Um, but then this year with COVID, I was like, I don't want all these people walking in to my office if they don't have to. Yep. So I moved to an online scheduler. So I send that link out every week. I tell my patients to favorite that website, do whatever you need to, so you have easy access to it. And on that website, they can sign up for a time to come see me. And I can, there's an app for the phone, the iPhone too, like, so I can get notifications there that so-and-so signed up. Even if it's at 12 o'clock at night when I signed up in the yeah. morning, I get a notification. So that way I can kind of plan my day around that way too, right? Like, yep. I know, if I know I have, Johnny Smith coming in at 12, then maybe I don't have to show up to work till 11.45 if I have everything planned out, right? Like, right. Whereas if like the expectation is that I'm in my office all the time, well, that's not the case, right? And so I like doing a 
appointment based because it's easier on everybody. Me for, because then I can get that one on one time with my patients, right? And it's not, yep. I'm working with five patients at one time trying to get them all in. Yep. So, no, that's awesome. Um, we, we, because of COVID, we, our whole staff went to that. Um, it's not through a fan, uh, we didn't go to an app. It's just basically a, we schedule into a spreadsheet, which, because we're trying to keep numbers down in our facility too. But it's been, not that we've had real practice, but it's been interesting how we've still been able to generally service everybody uh, because it's not just popping in for a hot pack or a stretch, which we don't do a ton of anyway, but right. uh, it's been interesting now that's without having full contact football and things like that, but I digress. Um, one question I had for you, is, you know, you're not super far into your career yet, um, and, but you have a family and a kid, whereas when I was in your general age range, not that I'm super old, but I mean, I'm 34 now and just had my first one. So I've been out of, you know, grad school for a while. Didn't really have anything tying me down other than a dog that slept 20 hours a day. So he was pretty easy to manage. Um, so I did a lot. I mean, it was always, you know, being there, like, and that was my definition of being, you know, dedicated and really good. Um, that's transformed a lot over the years and definitely more so now. Um, but how, you know, there's always these expectations, you know, whether they're real or perceived, you know, not only from yourself, but from coaches and student athletes, you know, for covering practice, you know, well, are you going to be there at our 6am wait session? Um, how do you manage that slash also, you know, kind of figure out the best way to not lead yourself to burnout? as you manage multiple teams and you have multiple seasons? So we're lucky here at Winberg that our strength and conditioning coach is also an athletic trainer. Yeah, that, that is, so, that is handy. So those 6 a.m. weightlifting sessions, like luckily I, none of my teams are there, but like I don't have to necessarily rely on, I don't have to be there because our strength and conditioning coach is an athletic trainer too, sure. right? Like if something happens, he's there to, to cover that, right? Like, so I've, I've now practices, I'll be there, but so far I've had far, I've had a few early morning practices. So most of my practices are mid, mid afternoon to late at night. Gotcha. So one way, if I have a late night practice, then the next day I'm not necessarily coming in super early, right? Like that's why I send out my hours each week. Cause I also copy my coaches on that email too. Right. Right. So they know, Oh, okay. Nathan's not going to be in the office until one o'clock today. Like, and it's just having an open communication with your coaches and being like, when I'm here, I'm here. When I'm not, I'm at home, but I'm accessible. I think right. that's the biggest thing is being accessible, being willing to answer questions for the coaches. Like, like it's, I'm only year three in my yeah. career. So like, I still have a lot to learn. Um, granted, it's only year three, but I'm 32 years old, right? Like, I'm 
so I'm not this young, young whippersnapper, right? Like where coaches can think think they can walk over over me because I'm a 22 year old first year athletic trainer, right? Like there's that little bit of a respect thing of like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. He's had some life experience, right? Like, yeah, he may not be a new, he may be a new athletic trainer, but like. He, he does know what he's talking about. So. And so that was, that was ultimately going to be a question I had for you is, you know, how, have you had any pushback on establishing those hours or is it been, you know, just that communication and demonstration, you know, that you can get done what you need to, you can service your athletes, you know, really well. And I, I'm not, by any means knocking anybody, you know, I think, you know, if you treat your athlete three times a day for a specific thing, there's probably something you could get accomplished at each one of those during the day. But I've also found, and I think it kind of sort of depends on the setting too, you know, I I can't speak for your student athletes, but I would guess there's probably about 10% of ours that truly put in all the other parts of their thing that would really benefit from the three times a day versus, you know, I'm going to go and treat you and do all this stuff. You probably are still going out two or three times a week anyway. So really, you know, how, how much effect am I really having by doing all this extra stuff, but, you know, kind of finding that minimal effective dose of, you know, one really good session where we're really trying to get things done, you know, rehab wise or whatever else we're doing really is getting accomplished what we, what we need to. Um, that was one we had to change here. We used to just do a morning clinic from like six to seven in the morning or some six thirty to seven thirty or something crazy like that. And we wanted to shift it to a model of where we were going to do appointments in the morning for, you know, for all our out of season athletes and to keep them out of the afternoon when it's a lot busier. And I mean, there was pushback on that, you know, are we going to get people seen enough and, man, we haven't had, heard a peep about wanting to go back <laughs> to that. I mean, you weren't going to hear it from me because I, I appreciate not going into work that early. Right. But anyway, you know, how has that worked for you? Have you gotten any pushback? Did it take any adapting or, you know, just by demonstrating that you can get done what you need to and get people back, you're, you're just proving it right there. I, I've been very, let me say this, I've been very lucky that I haven't had a lot of pushback from any of my coaches. Nice. Um, which is a huge blessing um, because they're like, okay, that's how you operate. That's how you operate. And they also understand like, I can, it, it, it's not just my, my responsibility to get the athlete back. Like the athlete has to want to get back, right? Like if, the athlete doesn't sign up for a time to come get treatment. Like I'm not their babysitter. Like mm-hmm. I work in the collegiate setting now, like there are seven, like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds. Like they have to have some res- responsibility to like want to get back. And Maybe like, more. and if they don't want to make the appointment to come get treatment, I'm sorry. Like, Coach, that's not that's out of my hands. You can you can write you can get on their case to come see me. They know my hours. They have no excuse. Right. And, and like I get it, like sometimes like there's schedule conflicts and whatnot, right? Like sure. But if they reach out to me and say, Hey, I can't come in this time, 
can I come at this time? I'll look at my schedule and I'll be like, no, sorry, I can't. Or yeah, I'll come in a little bit early for you for, because of X, Y, and Z, right? Like, because you have class at 12 o'clock through 2, 2.30 and practice at 3 o'clock, right? Like, right. I'll come in at 11 so you can get treatment done before practice. But like, I'm not... I'm not going to go out of my way to hunt every injured patient down to come get treatment. If they want to get better to get back to the field, then, then that's their responsibility. Yeah, that's one I've, I've looked at a lot. You know, like, you know, I'll work, I'll work with anybody. I'll work with a coach, with a student athlete. I, I don't necessarily work for you. Like, yeah, I'm there for the student athletes, but – it's AT services, not AT servants. In terms exactly. Of like exactly. And I think, call. and I think that's where as a profession, we kind of need to change our perspective, right? Like that we're here to provide athletic training services. Right. It's not just, which is not there just to cover practices. Like we do so much more than covering practices. Like, we provide, we're healthcare professionals. Like we care, we provide healthcare services and in the real, out like out in the real world, I mean, for lack of better terms, if like someone doesn't show up to the PT appointments after so many PT appointments, they get dropped, right? right. Like, and I'm not saying that we drop our patients because they didn't show up, but like we can't wait forever for them to come come to us totally. we can't wait on them because my time is valuable like if i want to get someone else back who wants to be back i'm gonna go i'm gonna work with them like mm-hmm. and so i'm lucky too that the coaches understand that too like if i say jacob hide in isn't coming back from isn't coming in for rehab then coach is like okay i get that like and i send those i send those reports out to for injury reports on a weekly basis right like so the coaches coaches are aware that who's coming to rehab and who's not right sometimes our patients and athletes don't think we communicate with their coaches which (laughs) i think is is fun it's like yeah oh we there's that communication that we have to have and right. Right. They understand. Yeah. It's funny how that works out when they try and play both sides of that, yeah. of that coin. Yeah. Um, kind of bringing it all the way back to um, the family thing, you know, you, you're coming up on a two-year-old, um, you know, there's always hope of more staffing and everything with that. I've COVID is, I, I mean, I had some high hopes and, not uh, they've all been dashed but dashed because of covid and i understand that like how do you see you know it being sustainable as your child grows up and gets more involved in things and starts having things on weekends and nights and whatnot um is it sustainable Um, obviously there's a lot of athletic trainers out there that have done it and they've made it happen and obviously it takes sacrifices and i would argue probably a very understanding spouse uh, but what, how do you see that for you personally and, you know, how that works and just the importance of advocacy to make it so we 
aren't necessarily having to sacrifice multiple seasons of the year. Yeah. I I think it also comes down to having a good working relationship with your colleagues, right? Like if you have understanding colleagues who have families, like my head athletic trainer, she has a daughter who was raised in the athletic training clinic. Like, so, and in the spring, she had responsibilities, but she, we all helped cover for her so she could go to her daughter's softball games, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all about having an understanding with your colleagues. And like, there may be times where like, hey, I need you to help cover this so I can do X, Y, and Z. Now, I don't think you make that a habit. Like, every time they have a game, like, hey, can you cover Because that's not fair to your colleagues either, right? Like, right. And just finding out, finding that balance of, hey, I have this event that I would like to go to. Can you cover my practice? And I'll cover one of your practices later on, right? Like, that's kind of how we do it here at Wittenberg, especially during, like, the fall um, when both our soccer teams play the same location. Like, myself and the athletic training covers women's soccer, we don't both go to that same location right like that doesn't make sense no like, I would, yeah. both play at the same spot like so we'll alternate like weekends if that happens right like one weekend she'll go to wherever they're playing and the next weekend i'll go right mm-hmm. so that way i have that day off theoretically right like because my team i found anything going else on my team is away but it's still being covered right yep so just having understanding coworkers that are willing to help you with that. Like if they're not willing, that's a, that's a tough situation. Sure. I'm with you. And I've also been blessed too. Like it hasn't happened since COVID is hit, but like I've brought my daughter to work with me. Right. Like, and because of what, like the babysitter fell through or like we only have a two hour practice and my wife is working and we don't necessarily want to pay for a babysitter for two hours, right? Like when I could just bring her to work with me, like, and my coaches have been understanding of that too. And like the athletes enjoy it when I bring my daughter to work, like, yeah, <laughs> especially my women's basketball team. Like they love it when I bring my daughter to work, like to practice. Uh, I've, I have multiple pictures from last season of her, my daughter, like sitting on the scores table, drinking a bottle. Or like on the bottom cart, bottom portion of like a cart, just like chilling while practice is going on. Like, yep. At the end of the day, you have you do what you have to do. Like, and get it, as long as you get your job done. Like, I'm under the impression of like, who cares, right? Like, if you're still an effective athletic trainer and you bring your kid, like, and it's not a complete distraction, and then bring your kid. Because it it also allows coaches and the athletes to see another side of you and not just the athletic training, right? And, like, you may be this tough, like, athletic trainer and, like, have this persona of being super tough, but then when you bring your kid, you're a completely different person, right? Right. And it 
I just think it helps build that relationship with everybody. Like, so it, I've been blessed that I've been able to bring my my kid, my daughter to work with me. And I don't make it a habit, right? Like, but there are circumstances where like, I have to bring her with me. Like, I'm not just gonna leave her at home, right? Oh, I'm with you. And it, and having an understanding spouse is is big too, right? Like, by my advice to younger students who wanna get into athletic training is, or even current athletic trainers is like, make sure your significant other understands what an athletic trainer, like the work hours that we put in, right? Like, yep. my favorite phrase with my wife is, I'll be home when I'm home. Like, I expect I'll be home at seven o'clock, but like, you just don't know, right? Like, right. Because an emergency could happen and now you're stuck at work until like nine o'clock at night. And you're like, well, I didn't plan for this, but like, right. So having an understanding spouse or a significant other is, is, is big in my opinion, like, but it makes that the time, like when I'm home that much more important, right? Like that I'm home and like, so for me, like the mornings is like when I spend most time with my daughter because yeah, in the yeah. evening, like I'm at work and most of the time, when I get home, it's 7 30, 8 o'clock at night, and she has a bedtime of 8 o'clock, right? Like, right. So there's been times where, like, I come home and she's already in bed. So, like, I'm the one that gets up in the morning with her so I can get that quality time with my daughter because I don't necessarily get it at night. So, Makes sense. Anything else around AT and family that, that we didn't cover that you'd like to? No, I no. just, I just think um, having that open communication with coaches and and um, administration of like, I have a family. It's important to me. Like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. But when I'm home, I'm home, unless it's a true emergency. Sure. Like then you like, and I like when I'm at home, it's not like I won't answer the call. Like. But I'm not gonna have a three-hour call at home when that could easily be done at the office the next day. Right, right. So time and a place for time and a place for different things. Exactly. And having an understanding administration that's family-oriented too, like is and that's one of the reasons why like I didn't want to go D1 athletics. Because yeah, there are situations that are family oriented, but like my per- my perception of D one athletics at the time was like you're in the office from like six a.m. until like nine o'clock at night, right? Like, so how can you have a family working those crazy hours, right? Like, no, yeah. that's not the that's not how D one athletics works, but like it's it's just a different beast. And like, so that's why I'm, I've, I'm glad I found the D3 athletic model. Um, I'm with you. Because I, I feel like it's a little bit more 
understanding of families. I, I agree with you. I think there's a level of understanding and what athletics kind of like, you know, and I've heard that, you know, D3 is what the, is the, is what the student athlete is technically on paper supposed to be. And so that's an easier argument to just like back it off for a second to say, hold on, we need to reevaluate how nuts we're getting with this in terms of hours and different things. And I know that's something we've changed too, is we used to have a set close time and that would start getting abused where people would show up specifically right before it closed so they could do you know a 10 minute thing because we're open for 10 more minutes and you know everything else had been done for half an hour and so we've kind of switched it up to you know we're closed when we're done and if you've got questions on that you got to communicate it and get it taken care of and if you don't you're going to find a closed door right yeah it's that's the other like it's like why are you waiting until the last minute to come see me sure like, especially if there's no prior communication, right? Like that's, yep. that's what bugs me is like, you don't hear from them at all throughout the day and then they show up right before you close and you're like, sometimes I'm not bad, that bad guy. I'm like, sorry, I'm going home. Like, I think I've, been here, I, I've been here X amount of hours. I've been here since 11 a.m. You're now coming in at 9.50 and I'm closing at 10. No way. Like, yeah. Here's an ice bag if you need it, but make an make an appointment. You know how to make an appointment. Make an appointment to come see me. There you go. That's my other favorite phrase for my athletes and patients. It's like, well, you know how to make an appointment. Make the appointment. Like, I'm not gonna baby you and hold your hand all the way through. Like, that's just that's how I am. Like, I think it's a good place to be. I I, I fully. I'm on board with that. Well, since we kind of covered all that, if you're up for it, we'll jump into um, the AT chat questions. Uh, yeah. Let's um, since let's talk TikTok a little bit. Oh yeah. Before we, yes. since we mentioned it, because um, people are probably like, "Why is he on TikTok?" So, um. I started TikTok probably, I want to say like March or April, I want to say, but it took me like three, three, four months before I actually like made my first TikTok. Like I had a TikTok account and like, I saw like the potential of having this because the younger generation, like they're all about TikTok and like social mm -hmm. media. And like I thought, well, it's a great way to connect with them. So back in like December, January, I saw a TikTok of like this outfit change of like you jump and you change outfits, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, I can do like a game day one where like I'm in like my khaki, my polo and my golf shorts like prior to the game. And then I jump and I change into my business attire for basketball games. But I was like, oh, I just, I can't do it yet. And like I had that internal battle like, should I do it or should I, should I not do it? So I didn't end up doing it. I just scrolled on TikTok um, for like three months. And then I saw um, Eli Kasab and Matt Sure have like a little dance battle on TikTok. And I was like, 
if those two can have a dance off on TikTok, then there's no reason why I can't get in on this. So then I just started making TikToks from there. And then it's it's been going ever since. And by my I had a I had one post content kind of go off and like I had my athletes reaching out to me all the time, like, you're on TikTok now. I'm like, you're TikTok famous. I'm like, I am not TikTok famous. Like <laughs> it's yeah, I had one go viral and like that's it, but I'm not TikTok famous. And like it's just it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's a way for me to like kind of decompress too. And like, cause we all have stories of like athletes asking ridiculous questions or like doing stupid stuff that like is comical, but like people don't necessarily see that. And so like yeah. that's kind of some where some of my TikTok content comes from is from from the athletes and their decision making. Um, but it's it's all fun and games and just trying to bring awareness to athletic training and like it's another way for people to see that we have a different side to us. Like yep. we're we can be fun, like that we can make we're not serious all the time and we know how to make fun of ourselves and like have a personality. And so but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. Just for anybody listening, we'll have uh, Nate's TikTok linked up on the, on his episode page. So if you want to check him out, um, definitely entertaining. I catch them all on Twitter when they come over. That's, that's where I see them. So yeah, I do. I do post them uh, on my Twitter account. Um, and I, on my Instagram account too. Perfect. Um, so if you have any one of those three, you'll, you'll see them if you give me a follow. <laughs> Sounds good. Now ready for those one, those AT chat ones. Yeah. Yep. Where do you see the AT profession going in the next five to 10 years? And then can you kind of set the example? I, I see us, I see athletic training being recognized more as a healthcare professional um, than we are already are, like, a, and not just providing um, coverage for practices and games, and but not just the the hydration specialist. Like, we do so much more that we do provide healthcare services to our patients. And I also think we'll we'll have more of those hour the set hours right like mm-hmm. not just we're open from six a.m. to ten p.m. like this is when we're open and this is when we expect you to be here like between these hours and I also think you're gonna see a lot more athletic training services going the medical route i think yep. uh, and not through athletics route at least that's my hope um, i'm with you so that's 
that's where I see it going. I think those will all be good things. Um, obviously, we, as we talked about, you haven't been in the profession itself super long, but if you could go back and give yourself some advice as a younger athletic trainer, or even if you want to say as a student or however you want to place it, what advice would you go back and give yourself? I would say take the time that you need to, like, especially for me, my, my master's program as a student, I was working 20 to, I want to say like 25 to 35 hours a week as a student, right? Like, and I was in the clinic just like the athletic trainers were. And like, mm-hmm. I think knowing that it's okay to take time for ourselves is okay. Like we don't have to be a superhero that we think we have to be. I mean, right. it's okay to take some PTO, some time off to, to recover. So you don't burn out. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you just have to communicate that with either your preceptor or your boss. Like, Hey, I need a day. I'm going to take a day. Like, and realizing like that it's okay to take a day. Yep. Like, so you don't burn out. I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, and I've really only started coming into that. I would say within the past year, Sure. like my, my first, my first two years, two years here, like I was that gung ho fresh out of college athletic trainer, right? Like that nope, was like, nope, nope. I'm gonna work all the time, like all the time. But like now that I'm in my third year and having a kid at home too, like that, that changed a lot for me too. Like absolutely to realize it's okay to take some time for yourself. Like, people will survive without you. I, that's a lesson. Uh, I've learned the hard way and even more so this year. Um, I haven't been going in a lot because of the worries of close contact and a very young child. Um, And so I've had to rely on my students and doing video stuff with them and my staff to just continue to maintain the standards. And it's not, it's easier said than done. So I'm with you there. Uh, what has been the most influential resource you have come across so far in your career? Um, to be honest, it's probably Twitter, surprisingly, sure. because uh, it's more there's, a lot of, there's a lot of athletic trainers and PTs that are on Twitter who that like post different ways to like do things and like Mm -hmm. knowing like different ideas on how to do like a rehab and like being able to reach out to like you for example like hey you're in the same situation as I am like what did you do with this right like before this like so I would just say social media in general because Totally with you. I get a lot of rehab ideas from social media. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, there's 
you can always go and like do the old like internet search and do it that way or through the like traditional like searching the books and whatnot but which are, those are fine ways to do it too but like social media it's just so much easier because you can like look things up and like you can have hundreds of different ways to do a rehab and it's like absolutely they're all great ideas you just have to tailor it to your needs yep if you could change or eliminate one thing could be a modality a common practice a mindset um whatever you would like it to be in the field of athletic training what would it be that we don't have to work 60 to 80 hours a week to be effective athletic trainers. I think that was like the expectation when we first started, when the profession first started is that we would be around all the time and like, but like we can be just as effective working 40 hours to 50 hours a week. And some people will be like, well, you're working 50 hours a week. What's the difference? Well, a lot. A lot. Like, it's a lot, like, so I, I'm not opposed to working 50 hours, right? Like, as long as I can get that back in a different way, right? Like, recuperate that during the summer, for example, or now I'm not going to work 80 hours a week, even 70 hours. I'm not, I'm not going to do it, but I just think that mindset of we have to be around all the time. That's what I'll get rid of is we don't, but like we can get, we're just as effective working 30 hours a week. Mm -hmm. It's all about managing your time and being efficient. Couldn't agree more. Uh, And then lastly, uh, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Um, Being an athletic trainer to me is being a healthcare provider and helping my athletes and patients return to activity, whatever activity that is. Yep. Whether that's um, starting again or getting playing time, or if that means being able to reach up to grab a bowl for soup at home, right? Like just being being there and helping patients return to activity. Well said. Um, as we kind of reference, we'll um, link up all of your social media, but if people wanted to reach out to you for any specific reason, is there a best place? Um, probably Twitter. Sounds good. Um, shoot me a DM, um, and I'll I'll probably resp- I'll respond. Um, as I tell my patients, I have a forty-eight hour forty-eight hour rule that if I try to reach back out to you within forty-eight hours of you contacting me, because um, sure. that's the other thing too is sometimes athletes expect us to reach to respond to them right away, and it's like 
no, that's not the case. I'll reach back out to you within, I'll try my best within 48 hours. And that usually is satisfactory for them. Yep, I'm with you there. Well, sir, I appreciate you taking the time and talking about family and AT and it's reaffirming to hear things <laughs> from someone in a similar situation um, and, you know, a, a year and change down the road from where I'm at. That, that's good to hear. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for yeah, reaching absolutely. out. All right. Well, we will catch you on the social medias and also look forward to some new TikToks here in the near future. Yes, sir.